we've struggled a little bit at the end of the season in the front row and our depth chart was just getting a little bit thin. Now it's got an awful lot thinner. Ironically, might have a weaker sub bench on the front row than a Leinster would have. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. This is Off The Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us on 53106. So Ireland have lost the first test of the summer tour of New Zealand by 42 points to 19 to the All Blacks in Auckland. Keith Earls touched down for Ireland early on, but the All Blacks had four tries on the board by half time. Gary Ringrose went over early in the second half for Ireland, but New Zealand would add another two tries with Artie Savea getting a second of the game. Ireland's third try came from Bundiaki, but ultimately a 23-point defeat. Johnny Sack will miss the second test in Dunedin after retiring in the first half for a head injury assessment. Let's cross to Auckland now and speak to the former Ireland and Munster back row, Alan Quinlan. Quinley, how are you? I'm good, John. I'm obviously a bit disappointed after that. I think, um, you know, Ireland started the game so well and that uh, just kind of fell asunder after that then with the, you know, the New Zealand tries. They were ruthless. They punished Ireland at, at certain times and uh, really crucial tries, I think. 29 minutes, it was 7-5 and, and Severis picks up the ball, goes the length of the field and that was the start of uh, a really, really bad period for Ireland and, uh, you know, conceded just before half-time as well. So, quite frustrating, I think, uh, given the really positive start that Ireland had and the way they approached the game and started. We had them on the back foot, didn't we, in that first 20 minutes? Yeah, and it was very impressive. Ireland controlled the ball really well. They, they held their line really well together defensively. Didn't give New Zealand time on the ball. They were putting pressure at the breakdown. So everything you would want uh, your team to start with here, given it's in a really difficult, incredibly difficult place to win, um, it, was, it was a great start. Um, there was moments in the game and some of the tries were... You know, the, the, when Severis picks up that ball and goes the length of the field, Ireland were on the attack. Um, I think Aaron Smith made a break then for for the Ardi Sevilla first try. And Josh van der Fleer seemed quite frustrated that he was being held in at the side of that rock for the, the gap there. So there was moments in the game that Ireland would be a little bit frustrated about. But I think they their defensive line became a little bit fractured. They got a little bit narrow after defending so well early on. And... Uh, New Zealand are so good. Um, they have those X-factor players, the power and pace and great skill set, and, and they punished them in really crucial moments in that game. And it was a mountain of flying them the second half. But I was pleased with Ireland's fight, the way they kept going. Um, they scored two tries in that second half, and um, they showed a lot of fight to, to get some respectability. And it was still a very dominant win for New Zealand, but all the damage was done probably in... 10 12 minute period before half time. Yeah, our rugby coverage uh, thanks to Vodafone, the main sponsor of the Irish rugby team, team of us, everyone in. Were conditions difficult there, Quinny? No, they were perfect. It was a little bit slippery underneath, and you could see that with the, some of the scrums, John. Um, very, very messy. And I think there'll be a lot of frustration in Ireland. Look back at this game. Probably the mistakes they made, their lineout started to creak a little bit just got the timing wrong turned the ball over kind of crucial time but look you're always going to be under so much pressure and uh, we spoke before the game and I had this feeling all week they're going to get a, an angry physical reaction and they got that and 
it just kind of overpowered and their aggression really kind of went up a few notches when they when they got their confidence up. They were rocked at the start of the game and you know keep laboring on the point that Ireland just started so well, exactly what you would want to keep the early try from the Keith Errors. But the build up to that try and the control they showed and uh, it'll be just very disappointing. A hard one to pick up, pick themselves up from Johnny Sexton going off as a you know big concern. We won't play next week now because of the HIA, but I, I really thought Joey Carberry did well. He wasn't the reason that things went wrong and that they couldn't break New Zealand down. They had to work incredibly hard in that second half. And we keep talking about that depth, so he's going to have to step up again next week. And um, it's a big task. It's a big task for Andy Farrell and his players to pick themselves up. But the feeling coming off the ground, I was down around the tunnel and little whispers of frustration and some refereeing decisions that went against them. I'm not saying... I don't think it would have made a difference that they would have won the game, but there's a couple of things that went wrong and some of the tackling around the breakdown and the, the entries from New Zealand. But look, they're very, very aggressive and ruthless around that area. And, and we saw that reaction tonight and Ireland couldn't cope with it. You play the game, obviously, the top level, Quinny. Uh, how does it happen that you're playing so well after 20 minutes and you're ahead to conceding four tries in the second quarter and being cut apart? I just think that um, Ireland's heads dropped a little bit. I think for the, you know, the Jordi Barrett first try, it was the first real attack and kind of sustained bit of pressure they had in the Ireland 22. Um, just switched off defensively. I know... Uh, Manga Nuku, the debutant winger, he made a break. Not close to the line. Hugo Keane and Dan Shee made a great tackle. I just think the Irish players all looking in at the breakdown. And it was a brilliant pass from from, uh, Aaron Smith and a great line from Jordy Barris. And and that just gave them a lift because the crowd were quiet here and they were were getting beaten by Ireland and Ireland were controlling the tempo of the game. And that kind of turned it. For them, they got their noses in front, 7-5. And then Severis, you know, 29 minutes, it was 7-5. And Ireland are on the attack. And I just thought maybe Ireland went a little bit lateral and New Zealand fanned out a little bit more. And it was probably time to be a bit direct when they got down there at 22. Gary Ringrose bobbles the ball, doesn't he? And he falls. And then James Lowe gets his timing on. He slips. Ball goes loose. Severis is gone. 14-5. And... Uh, you know, they just turned it on then. They, they you know, they, the, the Aaron Smith makes that break. Um, Sevilla scores. And then I think Gibson Park decides, and, and he was brilliant in fairness. It's hard to be critical. I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical of him, but we all make mistakes and may sometimes make bad decisions. Ireland won a line out. They were under the pump a little bit and they won a line out. And he breaks, he breaks out of, uh, you know, in their own 22, gets tackled. Ball is turned over and then there's that little grubber kick through for Tapia and he scores again just before half time. So it just had a feeling, John, that it was kind of unraveling and there was certain things happening that Ireland just couldn't kind of slow the game down and let them get control. And you know, I think before the tour, um it talks about you know creating some depth for the World Cup and not learning harsh lessons because they don't want that. But I, I, I really believe when they look back at the video, there's some things in there that, that was in their control and we just made mistakes and switched off. Yeah. And uh, that was disappointing. 
like we seem to have big issues with depth. Like Andrew Porter played the whole game. Tyg Furlong was out there for 70 minutes. Ed Byrne is still on his way. Michael Bent was warming up. We look threadbare up front, Quinny. Yeah, a little bit. They've been stretched, um, obviously, and then, you know, Ian Henderson going home and um, Andrew Porter to play the whole game. Dan Sheen goes off and uh, Dave Heffernan got a knock as well. So, um, yeah, it, it was always going to be physical and it was always going to be a difficult task um, for them. And, uh, you know, the impact off the bench for New Zealand as well was, was pretty telling. So, look, I think they've got to pick themselves up mentally and they will be a bit bruised and battered. Um, but, you know, not surprisingly, there was a very angry, aggressive kind of response. And they're under so much pressure here in New Zealand before the game, the coaches and the players alike. And and um, and they showed that energy that's needed and um, pretty ruthless in some of the tries they scored and they punished those mistakes from Ireland. It's almost the opposite of last November, Quinny. We were starting our season then. They were finishing theirs. Now we've had a long season we lost to the Marys the other day. We're going to New Zealand. Uh, they haven't lost there since 1994. Do we have a challenge around freshness against them? Um, I, I think their tour at the end of the year was probably more telling for them with COVID. They were away for a long time playing the rugby championship as well. But um, of course, there's going to be a bit of fatigue. Um, but then the Irish Bears are pretty well looked after. They haven't played a huge amount of games this year. Not like the French players, if you like. So um, I don't think that'll be an excuse that they they were they want fresh air. I think um, you know the, the traveling down here, playing away from home, is always going to be difficult. And you know New Zealand losing those two games in November, um, as I said, the pressure they were under, they were always going to come out and react. And for Ireland to have to win this game, they would have had to uh, you know get get a near perfect performance and. You know, what happened in November, we saw a pretty near-perfect performance. But unfortunately, tonight, you know, they made mistakes. They made bad reads in defence at times. And, um, you know, they got punished for that. Do we uh, need to change our style of play at all uh, for next week's test in Dunedin to be competitive? Do we need to slow the ball down, possibly? Or how do we become more competitive in that second test, Quinny? Well, I think just look at the first 20 minutes, the way they put pressure on that New Zealand breakdown, the way they got off the line. They put in really good impact tackles and... And then, you know, New Zealand just wrestled that momentum away and unfortunately it, it, it all changed for them. And uh, so they've got to look at that and try and sustain that for longer and stay connected better in defence because I think some of the Irish players started to kind of get over enthusiastic shooting out of the line. And maybe it's because you don't want to give the, the, the time and the space to, to the opposition. And, um, you know, so they've got to try and build on that and just execute better the line out let him down a few times a couple of scrum penalties um, and look it's it's very difficult you're going to be under pressure in every moment in a, t- a test match like this at this level against a team at home we're under huge pressure and we're kind of rebuilding a little bit they're bringing in a lot of their super rugby players who, are, who have shown great form and um, we must remember John the seven different New Zealanders started tonight from that game in November so there is a bit of change and even some of the players who started tonight like Ritalik Whitelock Sam Kane they were being called into question their their selection on the team and, and they performed so a lot of uh, a lot of pressure in Ireland it was always going to be a mammoth task it's 44 or 5 games now since they've lost here and uh, it's a long time 94 France for the last team to win so um, 
you know, Ireland needed to sustain those first 20 minutes. But I just I just think that turning point for the Severis thing gave them a lift. They were 14-5 ahead. Haven't played, not really played a lot of rugby against Ireland. Ireland were pretty much in control. The kicking game was pretty good. And then, for some reason, you know, that's the intrigue of sport. The mistakes started to happen. Who did well for Ireland? And would you like to see any changes in personnel next week? I, I thought Josh van der Fleer was immense again all the way through. Um, Dan Sheehan was brilliant. He came off and had to go back on, but he's carrying and he's worked with Peter Omani, Caelan Doris. Um, there was a lot of lot of really positive performances. I think I would have liked to have seen Robbie Henshaw get his hands in the ball a little bit more, um, punch punch a little bit of holes, get in that 10-12 channel. But it's 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 a situation, John, where it's not one of those games where you start overly criticising the players. I think you've got to applaud New Zealand for what they did. I think a lot of the mistakes were kind of collective mistakes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Sist- the system defensively, the timing in the line-out, crucial moments. And I think then some of the decisions went against them. I still think probably, you know, I'm not saying that Ireland would have won the game, but they just got very, very deflated. And um, after cons- the, the, the softness of some of the scores, um and, you know, things started just to unravel a little bit for them. So they needed to stay in touch. You know, when you go, I was at 28-5 at half time. That's just a big, big lead. And it's hard to kind of believe you can win the match again. You know, if it's 10 points, 12 points in front, you know, they came out in the second half, Ringrose gets the try. And I just thought the attitude and the application the second half was was, was really good. But I, I just feel they look back on a lot of things in the game with frustration. Some like illegal kind of clear outs from New Zealand, which kind of hampered them at times. Um, but overall, I think, you know, look, New Zealand are a very good side. Um, yeah. They're always going to be difficult here. So I think, look, um, it's not all doom and gloom. I think it's, uh, it's certainly a bit of a harsh lesson. And I really thought Joey Carberry got his hands in the ball. I loved the fact that he was running. He was trying to do stuff. Um, of course, Sexton is a loss. But, you know, if we encounter a situation in the World Cup and Johnny Sexton is going to be gone after the World Cup, we, we want Joey Carberry to step up there. So I think the players will learn a lot from tonight. And um, it's a bit of a harsh lesson, but it's not all bad. I think they'll certainly find stuff in the video that they kind of made mistakes and that they can do better at. They weren't totally obliterated which some may argue that that's not the case because of the scoreline but I really believe some of the scores could have been prevented and you know they'll have to pick themselves up and try and go again Yeah it was our worst uh, first half in terms of a score since Hamilton when we lost 60 nil a decade ago so we did salvage it it was only 23 in the end and on Carberry it's on him now because he'll be the man next week yeah, he will, and, um, and and he's got to step up. And I think um, I think they'll have a feeling of frustration with some of the decisions, frustration with some of the mistakes, and they will really believe that they can make it more of a fist fight for the eighty minutes and try and replicate the first twenty. Um, and that's probably the key for them. And if I was a player there, I'd be trying to latch on to that. Maybe it's the player me thinking this isn't all bad here. Um, because no matter what, how well Ireland played, even if Ireland had this brilliant performance for, for 80 minutes, they still would have found it very, very difficult to win the game. It was always a tough task, but um, 
you know, if they get a little bit of luck and, and don't have any injuries after this, because I think, you know, James Ryan went down on one stage and I went, oh, God, um, you know, that's that's incredibly frustrating and, and, and difficult for the squad if he goes, if he misses out next week, Ty Furlong was down. Um, you need a little bit of luck. So if they can patch themselves up and try and really believe they can... And there's a little bit of a similarity. Well, you know, that, that game in 2012, that first test match that was here, it was kind of, you know, there was it was a, a pretty dominant performance and a big win. And Ireland went to Ireland went down to Christchurch in the second test and, and should have won the match. Dan Carter got a late drop goal to win it. We know what happened in the third test, the 60-0 drubbing, but they've got to kind of cling on to that now and hope that they can uh, lift themselves up and... And then get their spirits right and really yeah. believe they can they can go back and go after New Zealand next week. Have you seen many Irish people down there, Quinny? Yeah, there's loads. Mainly coming in from Australia. There's, um, there's a tra- rugby travel Ireland brought a, a group of 170 or 80 down there as well. And uh, there's loads of people. And, and then lots of people I met coming out on the flight. Not huge groups for obvious reasons because of the travel and restrictions and the distance and all that kind of stuff but uh, loads coming out from Australia so um, there was a big Irish presence here tonight which was great to see and uh, you know this is this is the ultimate test isn't it being here and um, playing them at home and um, unfortunately Ireland were you know not good enough in certain areas tonight but um, I think they can be better and, and, and make it closer I'm not saying they're going to go and turn it around and win in Dunedin next week but I think they can they can certainly take some stuff out of the game and if they they execute better, I think they can ask questions and, and, and of that New Zealand uh, defensive line. You have to find your way to Dunedin now, Quinny. Yeah, Dunedin no, next week, John, and uh, try and get my sleep right. <laughs> it's, a bit, uh, it's a bit wobbly for the last few days. It's a complete, complete flip over in the sleep, but, um, you know, it's it's great to be here. I just hope that Ireland can... And I said this at the start of the tour, I, I, you know, this is this was always going to be really difficult, and I feared at half time that we would have a really really big score. And I think the Irish team can be pretty proud of their efforts in the second half, um, the way they reacted. Um, and I really hope that they can, you know, salvage the tour with two big performances in the, in the, the second two, the second and third test. Even if they don't win them. Um, I still you can think you can take a lot out of the end of this out of this tour, and it's only the start. Um, so let's hope, as I said, they can pick themselves up and, and have a real go at New Zealand next week. Quinny, mind yourself, we'll speak during the week.